Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Travelers Championship storylines, best bets, one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello. Hello, gang. Had my Philopedia like Gatorade, Advil. <laughs> Cold compress. We got it all going in the McDonald household for the last Desi of the season. Happy to talk with you guys. Uh, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, back in the saddle after some time off, hopefully uh, rested and relaxed. Yeah, rested and relaxed. Got my big can headset on so I can hear you guys better. And uh, I just, I am sitting your goal, Patrick, to say Desi as much as you can in the show because it's going to be a, a thing of the past after this week. Don't try me, Mark. Don't Come try on. me. Now, let's, uh, well, let's, let's figure this out. Is this, t- I know it is technically the last non-major, non-playoff designated event, but are the playoff events not designated now that they have a $20 million? Yeah, they're desis, but you've got to earn your way in there, though. Oh. Mm. Can you be a desi playoff, though? I mean, it's a true, like, uh, if you got two quarterbacks, do you really have one situation? Mm. It's like it's like uh, invite only desis. But you got to play your way in. Well, from yeah. a one and done point of view, you got to save big bullets for the desis, right? So yeah, they are they they desis, right? Okay. From a one and done perspective, they definitely no, are. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. those uh, purses are mighty fine uh, towards the end of the year. Mark, we did not get a chance to debrief from LACC and the U.S. Open, so I do want to cede the floor a bit. You were. Uh, Taking it in, hopefully not uh, too much. Hopefully you're spending some some time away. But did you have any thoughts or takeaways about how uh, everything shook out in Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I thought it was tremendous. First off, as a, as a part of an announced crew, okay, Twitter is the worst. Because if I want to see how bad I was in any show, I just got to log on to Twitter on a Sunday night or Saturday night for that for that reason. And, and I thought Twitter was especially um, mean to some of the announcers there. But that's part of the uh, industry, I guess. My dad sent me some articles. I was like, you. Um, that, that, that's just kind of rough. Because, you know, everyone's trying their best in that show. And the adrenaline's rampant. And when you're on for a lot of time, it's likely that you're going to say the same thing a few times. And the brief is always from the production crew to say, look, not everyone is watching from the first hole through the 18th. So remember that. That's why they have top-of-the-hour updates and and, and, and and recaps and stuff like that. Because... The audience is fluid. So so from that point of view, I, I thought 
I, I thought it was a very entertaining show. I thought Kurt Byron was tremendous. He is just a killer announcer. Uh, the golf course, from what I saw, looked fun. But when you're dealing with a, 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 a seaside golf course, well, it's not seaside there, but it's close enough. When you have that sort of maritime seaside climate, you're at the mercy of the climate. We see so at the open. We see so at Shinnecock Hills when we go there. And so it was kind of saddish that uh, we were dealing with some moisture in the mornings, which kind of softened up the golf course and made its target practice to a certain extent. But the thing grew teeth, and I can see how it really is a good golf course, so I enjoyed it from that point of view. And then, look, the, the cast of characters, I think it was appropriate of Hollywood. You had some headliners. You had some folks that were, like, featured extras who became headliners. So I, it was a thoroughly entertaining story, and I watched most of Thursday, most of Friday, uh, most of Saturday, and then Sunday with Father's Day. I had some Father's Day stuff on the go, and... And so I caught sort of the final nine holes. Um, so it was lots of fun. Um, I thought you guys put on a tremendous show as well. So it, it was it was a good week for me from that point of view. Awesome. Well, I um, I didn't see any of the coverage, Patrick, but I do think one takeaway is that golf Twitter is not. I mean, it is a real place, but, it, <laughs> Jeez, but it's, it's a- not a real place, right? And what I mean by that is. Um, and, and listen, there are, there are things I see on golf Twitter that I agree with that I disagree with whatever, but that is such a niche area of the golf viewing spectrum that I think if you polled the vast, vast majority of people who watched, I don't think that they would have known or cared that the U S open was playing pretty easy or that like outside of the fact that the, 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 Chiron saying easiest U.S. Open ever. They would never have known. Uh, and and some of these things that we talk about ad nauseum online generally do not enter the heads of the vast viewing public. Look, people just love to be miserable. And so what they do is they have their phone, they have their technology in front of them, and they let out their anger and their misery through Twitter, which firstly, as one of the miserable people in question, I love. Um <laughs> Like I said on Sunday, Rick, the story is always the characters in it. You had a U.S. Open with Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, the best player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, coming down the stretch. And they could have played on a cow pasture, and I still would have thought that would be compelling. Um, So, sure, was the golf course a bit of a letdown from, you know, high expectations that, you know, other people built up? Possibly. Uh, but at the end of the day, unless it, it's like one of the real, real like historical venues, like in Oakmont or something of that sorts, it, it really is just gravy on top for me. It, it's about the players and what they're playing for. Yeah, I'm so with you. I, I, just one more thing, Rick. Remember, you and I were Tory Pines and, and Twitter, golf Twitter to me is always like a pylon. It, it's like everyone just piles onto something and it's like the the... the the playground at school where one kid gets underneath the pile and then everyone just jumps on top, you know, because it's fun for them. And I remember Tory Pines being critiqued by Twitter because it was boring, but no one's ever been out there. I mean, that golf course is fantastic and the views are incredible. Uh, and this place was interesting as heck. I mean, when the ball's on the ground, it's, it's out of, it's out of control. And so I thought this was very interesting, but golf Twitter that, uh, kind of moaned about Tory Pines being straight and hard and boring. They were moaning about this place being too easy. But again, that was a function of the conditions. 
if you had firm and fast conditions over there for four days, I think par would have been a heck of a score. Um, if I had it to do over, because where's the design of the golf course is, is incredible. I mean, all those courses around there, those George C. Thomas events, they are great. But the truth of the game is, back in the day when the golf ball didn't go as far, playing angles was a thing. You had to have wide fairways like the old course to set up a good second shot. So it gave you options to say, well, I can take the difficult line off the tee and make the second easier, or I can go with the easy line and make the second a little harder. These guys just bludgeon the thing down there 350 yards, and they hit a wedge. So uh, from that point of view, I think if it was to be done over, and I, I somehow had to say so, I'd say when they go back there, narrow up the fairways some. Don't, don't make it you know, 40, 50 yards wide in places because the game for these modern-day professionals, as far as the ball goes, is not a game of angles anymore. It's a game of distance. And uh, if you hit a long way and you're playing from the fairway, the, there is an advantage. You, we did see. I mean, imagine if holes were narrowed some in terms of fairway width because we saw when guys drove it in the rough, it was almost a half a stroke, if not more, penalty. So next time, if they want some tough U.S. Open conditions, just narrow the fairways because then that golf course will be all you can handle. Yeah, the idea, Patrick, of of making well, they have they have time, right? I mean, twenty thirty nine. That's that's when we're that's when we're headed back to LACC. But I agree, it is a fine. You know, the the eye of the needle is is difficult to thread. If you go too far in one direction, you're going to get blasted. If you go too far in another direction, you're going to get blasted. That that utopia is generally hard to discover. And Patrick, the USGA after Shinnecock, because that's happened twice over there, right? Not just once. I was there the first time when Retief Kursen won. Phil stumbled down the stretch. My brother shot 84 in the final round and didn't really miss a shot because the, the, the place was out of control. It was so firm and fast. Then the second time around, there's the Phil Mickelson hitting a putt on the walk and guys complaining and Brooks winning because he kind of survived. The USG are not going to get caught with their pants down in a situation like that again. So when they add a USGA or they, or pardon me, at the, when they add a Shinnecock or one of those courses or an LA North or something, even to a certain extent Riviera, because I see it's in the rotation, they're mm -hmm. going to play it a bit defensive. Because if you get some firm, fast, no humidity conditions, those places get hair raising, man. And all of a sudden, then you have a place where a whole location is unplayable. And then it's all. Then it's a big explosion again. So it's it's tough to it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah, at that point we got round three at Shinnecock 2018. Yeah. We we've lost the course <laughs> situation, Bruin. Mm. Uh, but just just to echo Mark's point, the whole angle discussion. I could not agree more. Like that is just so in the past when it comes to these guys and their skill sets. Where these restoration projects, yes, they're returning to the original intent of the architect, but it's kind of give and take situation where these guys just hit it so far. The original intent isn't going to hinder some of their skill sets. Like they're still the world's best players. So yeah. if it was firm and fast, if the Marine layer burned off, if it didn't rain Thursday morning, it's a lot of ifs um, it just happens. So some weeks you're going to have really difficult U S open test when it's baked out, the sun's out the entire day and others you're going to have like this past week. It, it's just, you know, rub with the green. Truth is, low score always wins. Whether it's 25 or 5 under par, the low score wins.
George Thomas, born in 1873, could not have imagined Rory McIlroy in his wildest no. <laughs> hitting golf balls uh, as far as he does. And that's no slight to him. No idea that was coming down the road. But we got something coming down the road, Patrick, and it's coming to Cromwell, Connecticut. The Travelers Championship gets the elevated status uh, designation. It is the week after the U.S. Open and 3,000 miles away, yet we still have a solid field here trying to battle it out for a purse of $20 million. Yeah, and, and John Rahm spoke about it. He thinks it's a great tournament, but if it didn't receive this designated event, he probably wouldn't be playing this week just because of the drain of a major championship, the grind. Uh, and that's someone who didn't really undergo that stress this last Sunday, even though he did backdoor top 10 with that 65. But there's a lot of guys who are looking for form. Uh, you know, hat tip to Mark again. He kind of called Sung JM in the swing issues. He's really fallen off the past few weeks. Uh, Jason Day murmurs, of, you know, he talked about a wrist injury perhaps. Uh, he hasn't made a cut since that win at the Byron Nelson. Max Home is looking for a spark. We already talked about Justin Thomas after that 81 on Friday. Uh, and so th there's a lot to play for kind of before this playoff stretch. Someone like Justin Thomas, he's not in the top 70 right now. Uh, so he's got to get going if he even wants to make the playoffs, which is crazy to That's even think about insane. for Justin Thomas. Can, uh, can we ahead. just get Kyle to pay up the bet? I mean, geez, I actually sent him a screenshot and I've still, it's crickets. I didn't get any response for him Sunday um, or Friday, whenever it was, when I looked at Justin Thomas's scorecard and I'm like, Kyle, how about we just call this bet off and you give me half? Nothing. I haven't heard a word from him. Silent, silence is speaking volumes, mm -hmm, but yeah. I mean, we got a big push to the playoffs here and I know JT added the rocket mortgage and then, but a lot of these guys you're probably not going to see until the Scottish. I would probably assume just because it's what the rocket John Deere and then the Scottish and then the open after this week. Um, so a lot of play for, even though the energy levels might be a little down for some of the guys in contention, uh, they got to get up and get up quick. There's a John Deere classic in there as well. So it's travelers, rocket mortgage, John Deere, Scottish open championship. Then three M. Then 3M. Then Wyndham. Then the regular season's done. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some notables on the outside looking in, as Patrick alludes to, 78th in the FedEx Cup standings. That's Justin Thomas. 87th. That's Shane Lowry. Uh, what? Why is it ranked like this? Oh, that's their rank last week. Oh boy. Okay, hold on a second. Let's try this again. Here's yeah. the thing. While you look at that, our announcer group text last week. This was getting bounced around the place, and because you know we've got all of the events bar the open championship coming in. Mm -hmm. um, so we got Detroit, uh, John Deere, Scottish, and then 3M, Wyndham, and then all the playoffs. And uh, the point was made. He goes, hey, listen, right now, Rocket Mortgage is looking pretty good because we're going to get Ricky. We're going to get Justin Thomas because he kind of has to play. Mm -hmm. And you've got a number of these guys, uh, Lowry and company. Because of this, yeah, because of the 70. Uh, qualifying for the playoffs. These guys are going to have to play some of the, again, smaller, and I use that word respectfully, smaller events. Yeah, Adam Scott, 82nd, Gary Woodland, 94th. Yeah, you're seeing guys that are not necessarily 
uh, or her guys that have been staples in the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, not necessarily punching their tickets just yet. Mark uh, certainly going to be there and certainly going to be at Eastlake is our, is our defending champion uh, in Xander Shoffley, who got off to a roaring start last week in Los Angeles, but faded a bit on the weekend. He is now going to, to head back to, to Connecticut and try to add to a, a pretty darn good resume around this place. Golly, man. Thursday, I was counting one and done money after that 62. There's no service. There's no service at uh, LACC. And I got back to the media center and all my texts came through. And there's one from Mark saying, how's my boy doing? As he's like, you know, <laughs> eight under 62. And like, this is Justin's uh, all over again. You think you'd learn, Mark. You think <laughs> you'd learn. Although Harris English did come back for me with the best bet uh, in the top 40. Um yeah, look, Xander, to me, despite the... I mean, it's like he lost his mind for about two hours with a driver on Saturday. I mean, he turned into me off the tee. Uh, and it was kind of crazy. Um, but then he sort of settled down. And on the weekend, you could just see that the adrenaline had sort of worn off. And there was nothing really left in the tank. Because the truth of it is, when you shoot one of those rounds, like a 62, which is record-breaking, it lifts you to the highest of high. And everything seems easy. And the reality of the situation is the only way you can go from there is down. So I was, I was proud of him for how he backed that up in round two with a pretty solid day. But then when things started going wrong, it looked like everything went wrong. But I still like where his game is. He's in sort of the, the, the title defense season right now because he's got this week and the Scottish Open, which he both won. And to me, really, the game looks pretty sound. I was very, very impressed at how well he holed out. I mean, he looked bulletproof. All the golf I saw him play um, from about five, six feet and in. And if he's anything, anything like he normally does and he does that sort of stuff, you can pretty well bet that he'll be around. Um, he'll, he'll be a part of the reckoning over the next few weeks. Yeah, he's one of the favorites, Patrick, though he is not the favorite to win the Travelers Championship. That is obviously Scotty Scheffler with Patrick Cantlay uh, right in tow, a guy who has absolutely dominated around this place. You kind of see a little bit of um, – there, there's a lot of like sticky course history around around uh, TPC River Highlands. It's a, it's a pretty unique golf course, especially just on the – just look at the yardage, right? Par 70, 68, 50, or whatever it is on the scorecard. And you see guys that – have success one year, tend to have that same success year over year. Yeah, I think Brian Harmon is a great example of that who's in the field. I think he has five top tens in his last eight. Uh, Cantlay is obviously one of those as well. Uh, 60 as an amateur when he came out. I think he has he's, hasn't finished outside the top 15 here, I don't want to say. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's five in a row. He has finished outside the top 15, but not in his last five trips. Okay. Um, and yeah, kind of like, Xander, he's playing great. Both these guys statistically are having a great year, but they haven't uh, crossed the finish line yet. So could it be that launch pad that Xander had last year where he won back-to-back, -back, had a great uh, postseason, almost won the BMW championship that Patrick Cantlay won, obviously. But, Mark, I kind of want to toss something to you since mm -hmm. you're closer to these guys than me. When it comes to handling adversity on the golf course, outside looking in, completely projecting, Xander almost he almost seems like he has a little bit of trouble with it where he gets really down on himself at some times and uh I just want to know if there's like any credence to that oh you know what it's almost a nature versus nurture thing there as I watch Xander because despite what you see in his face he's actually a pretty bubbly 
character with an incisive sort of a wit. Mm-hmm. But he's got a German dad and he's got a Japanese mom. And so you've got these two very stoic races of people who don't show any emotion and they're all business. And he's sort of the, um, the amalgamation of that sort of thing. So I think what you're seeing is not necessarily down. I just think what you see out of Xander and his dad's admitted this much to me. He goes, look, Xander is a kid. We didn't have enough money to send him to all the big AJGA events East. So he didn't get to play against Jordan and Justin and all those sorts of guys. And so he didn't get recruited highly. So he went to San Diego State. And he was always sort of the guy who was just on the outside looking in. And I feel like there's still some sort of uh, maybe a little bit of that persona. Because, look, he's a stud. You watch him play and you're like, this guy is good. But he's always like, you get the stars of his class. And then there's Xander right here. And, and, And I think some of that... Not that he takes a back seat because we've seen him be a leading a leading man, like in the Ryder Cup. And when he has won, he's done so convincingly. But still, I think the demeanor you see is part of what his heritage is. And then, again, there's, there's a little bit of that, like, I'm kind of the blue-collar guy versus the Spieths and the JTs and all that sort of crowd. So that's more of what it is to me. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, Patrick, you know, you're, you were kind of alluding to you've, you've, you've had your Pedialyte, you know, you've gotten your rest, you've gotten all your stuff in order, but there are a couple of guys, uh, that were in the thick of it on Sunday, whether it's Rory McIlroy, whether it was Ricky Fowler, whether it was Wyndham Clark, who are now teeing it up this week. And you wonder how much they are prepared for this type of hangover. Yeah, if I know Wyndham Clark like I do, which is not at all, uh, I I imagine he's going to be having an IV in his hotel room waiting for him once he's down there or pre-flight most likely or on the flight. Uh, You know, all scenarios are in play. But yeah, Ricky Fowler is pretty interesting to me just because I was he was in the mix at the Memorial, but that was like he was in in it. And he had to like like you guys would always allude to. Uh, in the round by rounds, he had to sleep on the lead Thursday, had to sleep on the lead Friday, had to sleep on the lead Saturday. And that's just so taxing mentally. So even though he's playing terrific golf, 13 top 20 finishes and 18 starts this season, he's well, well back uh, to where he was and on his way to, you know, potentially getting even better. Uh, just mentally, I, I wonder what that strain is going to be like, and especially, I mean, everyone, I know he's always a popular figure on the PGA tour, but like this week too, like everyone's going to be like Ricky, 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 uh, even that much more. The other thing is Mark, uh, freshly minted Wyndham Clark's doing good morning America. He's on (laughs) Patrick show. He's on with Pat McAfee. He's making the rounds. And uh, we saw, I mean, believe it or not, it was just a couple of starts ago. He won the Wells Fargo championship. His His start after that, Okay, PGA missed the cut. That's the only missed cut he's had. So we'll see if he's getting a little better at rebounding this time around. Yeah, you. Well, look, I, I'll tell you this from personal experience because I'm like I'm like Patrick. I know Wyndham some from calling him, but I don't know him very well. Um, when I watched my brother the few days after the Masters win in 08, it was exhilarating, but it was and you all adrenaline. But the thing about that adrenaline is, is when it wears off, the fall is huge. I mean, you go from high, high, high to like almost like you can't move. And then when you get into bed or you get back to the room, you just kind of lie down. And then going to dinner is even a mission. So it's going to be hard. But that adrenaline flow is high. And, and the thing is, 
You know, when you're getting affirmation all of the time too, and someone's coming to you going, yo, Rick, great job, man. And everyone's patting you on your back, which is going to happen when he gets there. And everywhere he goes, Pat McAfee, and everyone's like, great job. You know, this is lifting his spirit. So maybe there's enough in the tank there for him because of all of this to kind of keep it going another week and sort of survive and just play on the good play and the form that he has and then take next week off and rest a little bit before Scottish maybe or whatever he does. Um, but it is hard. But the one thing about Wyndham is he's kind of a bit of a grinder. He's a really, really hard worker. So I'm keen to see, if anything, how he adjusts the preparation for this week. Because typically you'll find the guys going a little lighter with a practice load because they've got all this other, these other obligations on the go. <clears throat> yeah. and, and look, just to add on to that, if, if Michael Block can't come back from it, you know, <laughs> who, who can? can? Exactly. Yeah. So he, Wyndham's up against it this week. If, That's all if, I'll say. If Blocky can't do it, everybody's in trouble. That's what mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, exactly. I saw he made an appearance at the U.S. Open last week. Right? Oh, yeah. Mark, there is juice to squeeze out of this. Uh, he is squeezing, baby. And until he's that, running for office, until that lemon runs dry, he's going to be squeezing. Good on him. God bless America. That's right. Uh, all right. We will chat about some more names and we're going to do it in the form of our bets and one and done conversation. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. Let's just start talking about a lot of different names. And we'll start with our betting board. So this is where Josh gives us 100 bucks. We take it over to Caesars Sportsbook. We put $50 on a matchup. 30 on any finishing position that we like and $10 each on two separate outright wagers. We swept the matchups. Win, 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 win last week. We swept the best bets. Win, 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 win. We got three of the four finishing positions. Win, 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 loss. But that's still pretty good. We'll see if we can stay hot this time around. And we're just going to start with you, Mark. Just find us our first winner of the week with your matchup, please. I'm sticking with a guy that uh, got me a big finish last week. I went, I bet him 175 for a top 40 and he finished inside the top 10. I think it was in Harris English. And I'm lining him up. I mean, this guy is playing beautifully. He's swinging great right now. And I'm watching him closely for Memphis and the first event in the playoffs. Just saying. So I'm going with Harris plus 100 over Hideki Matsuyama in the matchup. Harris English. Yes, he shot a two over 72 on Sunday. Still plenty good enough to finish inside the top 40. That was a T8 for Harris English. Patrick, uh, you are going a little bit further down the board for some other names. Where'd you go? Eric Cole, even money over Justin Sud, dude. Uh, Sud <laughs> just isn't great from tee to green. He has a lot of great finishes lately, uh, but mostly to the putter. He's outside the top 100 tee to green, off the tee approach the last three months. Uh, Cole's equally relying on the putter, but his ball striking metrics are a smidge better. I'm a little concerned. I believe this is week 13 in a row for him. Uh, so some concern. Certainly some concern, but 
You know, Mark said Wyndham's a grinder. Eric Cole's grooting grinder, like next oh, level yeah. grinder. Like this is this is easy for him. Just he goes home. Ball. He goes home and he's weeks off the PGA tour and plays mini tour events in Florida for Pete's sake. I mean, the guy weighs about 125 pounds. He can do it. Exactly. So Eric Cole, even money over Justin Sa. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Is that what you said? Eleven in a row? Uh, I said thir- he did sneak in the U.S. Open qualifier in there as well, too. Um, which between, he was between Valspar and the Texas Open. Is that when he no, did? No, between uh, it was Monday of the Canadian, he played in that 36 holes. Uh, it might be 11 in a row, but okay, same thing. But it, but not only is it 11 in a row, it's like it's like 16 of 17. What's his FedEx Cup ranking right now, Rick? I mean, just based on like quantity, you would think that he is. <laughs> Uh, 39th. Yeah. I mean, the, the, he is such a story. Someone needs to write something about him because his story is fascinating. Diabetic, played at a Division two school, kind of played number three for them behind Ben Taylor and company. Um, just parents of golf glitterati. I mean, his golf swing fell out of heaven and he struggled and struggled and struggled. And I think as much as time as what he logged on the mini tours in Florida, most folks would have been like, I'm done. And they're going to get out of it. But he's stuck by it. And right now, Every week, he looks like he's more of a he's more relevant, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets himself in the top thirty and makes a run at Eastlake. Eric Cole, let's play. Let's play prices right without closest without going over. How many mini tour wins does he have? And I will I will narrow it down for you. These are all on the minor league golf tour between 2009 and 2021. So 12 years of mini tour golf in Florida. How many wins does Eric Cole have? Mark, you go first. 72. Patrick. Gosh, I, I, I think Mark's going to win because I know that was a storyline at the Honda. I'm going to say, I, I thought it ended with a two as well. I'm going to say 52. Oh, Patrick. 56 is the answer. Oh, no. Still, obviously, very, very good. Uh, 56 mini tour wins. Crazy. 12 years. Unbelievable stuff. I went with Colin Morikawa, minus 120 over Russell Henley. I like Russell Henley, Mark. I think this is a great setup for him. But in my opinion, these two guys should not be matched up together. Do you want to let that bottle of wine that I owe you ride on this right here? Because I will go with Russell Henley every day of the week. Double or nothing. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Wow. Go on let's now. do it. Book it. Josh, add the noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Or just, on, Russ. just hit the Ricky foul. Just hit something, Josh. Just play <laughs> anything you got over Uh, I'll take Colin Morikawa. Uh, Mark will take Russell Henley for a bottle of wine. If both of them miss the cut, it is a push. That is the way Mm -hmm. that we play this. Uh, Finishing positions. I'll go first here. Corey Connors, top 30, plus 140. Give me a golfer at a golf course that is going to ask him to uh, play out of the fairway. That's going to reward a little bit of wedge play and maybe gets hot with the putter. Corey Connors gets himself around TPC River Highlands quite well, in my opinion. Top 30 plus 140. Patrick, oh, straight to the top of the board. Yeah, little little uh, known guy, probably going under the radar. Most <laughs> prognosticators haven't heard much of him. Uh, world number one, Scotty Scheffler, top 10, minus 105. Need I say more? Uh, everything's working. New putter in the bag. Worked sometimes last week. Didn't work other times last week. Uh, 
but that's better than previous weeks, which were it never worked at all. So Scotty Scheffler, top 10, minus 105. Uh, speaking of streaks, Scotty Scheffler has five straight top five finishes. He's finished inside the top 12. This is this sounds wrong, but I promise you it's true. In every event he's played this year, he's finished inside the top 12. Really? That's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it actually goes back further than that. It goes back to Mayakoba. It goes back to November. Yeah. The the last event was Congaree, where he put that new uh like what JT has in the bag, that putter. And he just like could not make anything. It was a putter he used as uh, as a junior, I believe. But I think it was just the pressure playing in front of someone like myself, uh, knowing it's, what I've what real. I've said about him. It's real. I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that was his last finish outside the top twelve. And, Seventeen in a row, Mark. And he knew you were coming in there with the eye test. I mean, numbers mm-hmm. are one thing, but the eye test is completely another. So so now this makes sense. Patrick has literally laid eyes on him. The worst he's been. In in almost a year, so no wonder he doesn't pass the eye test, Patrick. He was in the flash zone. I was like, Mr. Scheffler, Mr. Scheffler, Patrick McDonald, CBS Sports, and he he was like, I'm I'm done with this interview. I'm done, <laughs> and just walked away. He's like, I can't I can't be talking to that guy. It's like Medusa can't stare <laughs> me in the eyes. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, all right, Mark, uh, your finishing position is the top forty. Who'd you get? A uh, guy who's on a bit, bit of a streak, too, in Mark Hubbard. I mean, he played final round alongside Rory McIlroy in Canada. And they were right in front of me, so I got to watch every shot they hit while I was watching my crew uh, in the penultimate group or whatever it was, final group. Um, and Mark Hubbard is just playing great. And then little inside story, inside baseball. Some We have a, a lot of us flying out of Canada at 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m.-ish on Monday morning. And I pull into the rental car place and I pull in alongside a car and I see a guy sitting in the rental car with his head on the rip, headrest like this. And I'm like, it's Mark Hubbard. So I'm like, hey, big guy, how are you? And he goes, I'm good, man. And I'm like, you doing all right? He goes, yeah, we kind of celebrated my boy Nick Taylor last night. And this is the drunkest I've been on a Monday morning. <laughs> so he's a legend. He's playing great. Um, and I think he's going to slide inside the top 40 so easy. And that number there, plus 140. I, I'd, I'd jump on that every day of the week. In fact, I think he might finish inside the top 20, if not better. Yeah, he is knocking the cover off the ball right now. Uh, Mark Hubbard's finished inside the top 40 at plus 140. Mark, we'll just go right back to you here. Your two separate outrights picks to win this week are? Harris English, plus 6,000. The number was great. And he's won here before. I was on hand for that eight-hole playoff uh, with Kramer Hickok. I'll never forget that. And uh, then Rory McIlroy, who, um, shucks, <laughs> his game just seems to be looking better and better and better. I, I saw him in Memorial. He played smart golf without his best stuff. He had a warm-up there on the Saturday that's the best I've seen him hit the thing in a long time. Uh, then in Canada, he looked great, kind of stumbled some on, the, on Sunday. And then here at the U.S. Open, it just looked like the game was coming easy again. And so at a place where he's finished inside the top 10, I think, every time he's played, um, I just feel like it's kind of time, really, you know. 12 to 1 for Rory, 60 to 1 for Harris English. I said Patrick Flushers only. Colin Morikawa, 25 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama at 40. They are both back to being elite strikers of the golf ball. Morikawa, man, play out of the fairway, get dialed in, 
It's a good spot for him. You have opted to go for two golfers, Patrick. Outside or equal to 35 to 1. Who'd you pick? I went with two-time winner this season, Tony Fee now, 35 to 1. Uh, it hasn't been great since Mexico, but I think he found something with his irons last week, was 12th in approach, second in scrambling, T13 at this tournament a season ago. And then Matt Fitzpatrick, 40 to 1. People forget week after the Masters, he won in Hilton Head after a major championship on another Pete Dye design. Mm. Jordan Spieth, who I think he's won here. Patrick Cantley was in the mix too. I think he's played well here. Uh, so Fitzpatrick riding three straight top 20 finishes. I like his chances at 40 to one. That should really be its own grand slam. If you can win the four events after mm-hmm. the majors, the hangover slam. Yeah. It's a ma- that's even harder. That's even harder to do. The grand that's- slam breakfast. Yeah. It's like- grand slam breakfast. Yeah. Next morning. Yeah. Sponsored by Denny's. See, I'm already, I'm already adding new revenue streams for the tour. Yeah. Josh, write this down. Yeah, we're we're rocking and rolling. All right, uh, Josh then graciously gives us fifty dollars to uh, chase our losses, and we're allowed to put it on anything in the whole wide world that we want. I, Mark, found a go. similar, yeah, wager mm-hmm. that you did. Same one, Mark Hubbard, top forty. You added a second top forty. Who is it, please? I did. Um, I really looked at Hubbard in the top forty, but I thought I'd try and stretch that number some. And when I saw Charlie Hoffman at plus two seventy five. Um, he's a he's an elite ball striker. Um, he played well for a large part of uh, the event last week. I thought top forty for Charlie plus two seventy five. I'm jumping. All right, plus two seventy five indeed. And Patrick, you have often opted to be a little bit of a negative Nancy around the best bet corner here and and choose someone to miss the cut. I think you've hit at least two in a row. Max Homa last week, right? Yeah, see you later, uh, pal. You, you took out a you took out a, a home equity loan on Michael Block to miss the cut somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, EFL. <laughs> uh, so you're doing you're doing okay with these. Yeah, the the negative vibes are really paying off. And look, we're down eighteen percent this year. The goal is try to get even by the playoffs. We got to invest in some mid caps. You know, there's a big growth opportunity there. So I'm going with. Sahith Thigala to miss the cut plus 180. I know, I know. This guy hasn't missed the cut since I think October. He finished second here. He probably should have won this event. But if there's something that can get him to miss the weekend, it's me betting on it. So it'll be Sahith Thigala. I think, you know, he just hits one too many wayward drives this week or something like that happens. And at plus 180. You are hoping against all hopes. Yeah. I, I'm, really <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I think there's some some different, uh, whatchamacallit, rooting interest among yeah, this are. one. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> this is going to get a little spicier after, after, the, after the, into the next segment. The other thing, Patrick, I, I was thinking about this the other day. You were betting against Tom Kim at his absolute hottest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you would have continued that, for like three months after he finally beat you up and took all your money, took your lunch money, ate your lunch. You would have been doing a lot better because Tom Kim's not been great. Starting to starting to come around a little bit now. This is a good spot for him. But uh, Thomas, the, the the tank engine ran you over a little bit. Yeah. You know, what's better than being appreciated in your time, Rick hmm. is not being appreciated in your time. It's being yeah. appreciated 
10, 15, 20 years down the road. Yes. Um, so in golf to be appreciated right now, three, six months later, I am mm-hmm. highly, highly honored. Truly. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know if Josh can find the show where some of our esteemed crew were saying that Tom Kim was not long enough to contend in majors. Last week was a big golf course. And Tom Kim shot three straight rounds in the 60s. Just saying. It's probably, uh, you know what we should do, Josh? Why don't you digitize all the closed captioning of every show? This this will only take you a couple of years to do. And then have it so that we can search things. Because I would love to search, like, Mark said this. Kyle said that. And then we could pull the clip and really get after That would be good. That would be good Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah only, it was. That's only like a uh, that's only like a million dollar and three year project that we've just uh, tasked Josh with. From th- well, accountability, right? I mean, we we expect this out of our uh, our diplomats and our political leaders, so we may as well have expected you on the first cut. That's right. Exactly. Mm, that's that's right. the best ability is availability. The second best accountability. Mm. Uh, but but outside of these best bets and one and done, I don't think I've been wrong on this show. So Josh, do your damage. Sustainability. Very, very good. All right. Well, there's only one thing left for us to do, and that is to reveal the amazing one and done selections and standings. Uh, But first we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. The one and done is heating up. And this is a $20 million purse. Now, hold on a second before we jump into this. What is he doing? Hold on a second. Hold, hold, hold your pants on. No. Kyle M., the better Kyle, um, (laughs) has not submitted a pick at this point. I'm willing to offer a little petition that says, if you literally donate thousands of dollars to St. Jude, to yeah. get into the one and done. Uh, I think he's still live here as long as he gets his pick in before Thursday morning. I said, I, you, you put the motion out. I second that motion. Okay. Patrick, we good here. Unanimous. Look at this face. You are so cold hearted. <laughs> you are an absolute. These are sick children. These are oh. sick children. They're the pylon guys on the playground. We were talking about. This is unreal. Patrick is just he's out. You're gonna throw the sick children card out here. <laughs> Whatever. I'm in. Whatever. So, Josh, let's reach out to Kyle and make sure he gets a pick in before Thursday. That's all he's got to do. All right. No, 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 no. We'll make it fair for the other guys. Make sure he gets it in before 7 p.m. today or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get it. Yeah, we'll get we'll get it before the we'll get it before. As, as quickly as we can, obviously, here. Um, all right, so ooh, interesting set of picks here. Ah, okay, I see why Mark was a little upset at that, mm-hmm. at that best bet. But let's start with you, Patrick, because you have got moves to make. Now, I will say you are very much within striking distance of Kyle. You're only $200,000 behind. You are actually uh, – you could get yourself up to Greg, and you could almost catch Sia with a perfect week. Who have you gone with for this week's one and done? Oh boy. Scotty Scheffler. And, and look, after this week, I'm only going to be 5 million back behind Mark mm-hmm. and he's going to be hearing those footsteps. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
Oh, I'm going to be right in the rear view, right in the rear view with, I really don't have like many top players left, but I'll find a way I'll get creative starts this week. Scotty cash is 3.6 million for me. We're on to Cincinnati. And you're going to be rolling out Ryan Moore and Ben Silverman and, uh, and company for the last few events. And then they'll keep coming and coming. Just waves of them, Mark. You, hey, know, you won't hey, know what to do. Remember, you've got to be inside the top 70 to get into the final few. <laughs> I think I'm going to use uh, Harris English for Memphis, potentially. Right. Eric, then you and I'll be tied. <laughs> Eric Cole will be in there at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So then we've got uh, Kyle Porter uh, and Greg Ducharme. $8.4 million and $10.6 million, respectively, have opted for Russell Henley. Uh, Sia Najad, 11.9, and myself, 13.3, have gone with Hideki Matsuyama. The fans, the fans, 14.2, have gone with Colin Morikawa. We will get a pick from Kyle M at 14.7. And Mark, as the leader, $16.4 million. You are a lone wolf, and I see why you took umbrage with Patrick saying that your guy will miss the cut. Who is it? I'm just so impressed at the use of the word umbrage. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Sahithi Gala. Um, I had two names penciled in this week, Harris English, who's one year before, and Sahithi Gala, who last year when I was on the call, birdied the 71st hole to get the lead. Gets there on 18, it's playing fast, it's playing downwind. He'd been hitting this flat, low cut with a driver the whole week, but 18, the way it was playing, he could hit iron and like a wedge. Hit driver under the, underneath the lip, makes double, and loses to Xander. Um, I've seen enough in the way he's playing because I was concerned at one stage that uh, he wasn't playing so well. But I saw enough last week where I'm like, okay, his game's fine. And if you watch the results over the last few weeks, whereas they haven't been great, they have been trending better. And this golf course to me is kind of – it's a par four paradise because only two par fives, right? It's a par 70. So the way he plays it, he sort of stings the slow cut down the fairway and he shapes balls around. They likes to draw irons. And a lot of the greens receive draws. So I like Sahith. I really do. All right. So just to recap, for those listening at home, Mark, 16.4, Sahith. Uh, Kyle M, 14.7, TBD. Fans, 14.2, Kyle Morikawa. Rick, 13.3, Hideki. Sia, 11.9, Hideki. Greg, 10.6, Russell Henley. Kyle Porter, 8.4, Russell Henley. Patrick, 8.2, Scotty Scheffler. Which, if you weren't watching on YouTube, you did not see that Patrick slowly put his glasses on and then read off the name Scotty Scheffler. How, do you wear those glasses a lot, Patrick, or just for just for bits that you're doing on, on YouTube? Uh, they're actually Hugo Boss glasses. I, I only wear them when I'm driving or at night. Uh, outside of that, I should be wearing contacts. But funny story, I was in the eye doctor for so long trying to put contacts in yeah. when I first got them that the woman was like, just wear your glasses. Like, this I'm is painful. Same, I'm the same way. I hate touching my eye. So mm. I can't do contact. I, I ended up getting LASIK because I'm like, I just cannot. I cannot live this life anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, after I, I win this one and done competition, I'll yeah. probably be getting LASIK. Um, For sure. I might catch Mark by the open, honestly, well, at this rate. How much I'm not you, sure you physically can catch him by the open. How much are you go boss paying you for that the, that uh, punt that you just gave them? Legitimately not enough. Um, no, sure. He's paying them. Some would say zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is um, a negative ad revenue we have on this show where we just start give we start paying the sponsors. Hey, while we at it, I'm drinking Celsius. 
what, what are we? What? <laughs> We're making no money off of this. Come on now. We are open. We're open for sponsorships. We'll shill your products. We're already shilling products. We might as well get paid for it or get free stuff at least. Imagine, Mark, a case of Celsius showing up at your front door. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, thinking about a case. No, I've got to get even with you on the case of wine. Mm. But the case of wine from Kyle eventually is going to be really good. I actually yeah. texted him. I'm like, listen, I'm going to pick the wine and I'm going to put it aside and let that stuff age for a while. And then you're going to buy this whenever the bet's over. I'm sure that was received very well. <laughs> also, a no response. <laughs> exactly. just, just fun. fun, uh, fun. All right, gents. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I will say this. I will say this. Sure. The Travelers, to me, low-key, is one of the great events on the PGA Tour. And as far as amphitheaters go, the final hole, there's some great ones. But that final hole there, Travelers, where you have this natural amphitheater, and they jam the place in there with all the fans. And, and, and if you think of some of the final hole celebrations there with Jordan Spieth holding the, the fairway bunker shot and stuff, it is crazy. It's an awesome environment. Those last few holes are so cool with the drivable 15th. And then 16 is a, a challenging little par. 317 is a tough four. And 18, of course, that finish is crazy. And, and I've seen it at its wildest. And then I've seen it where the 18th hole had nobody behind it there when we came back in 20 uh, with the, with the COVID lockdown. So it's, it's an awesome hole. And to see it there with all the folks out there having fun late Sunday afternoon is really, really cool. Yeah. Yep. Should be, should be sick. A lot, lot of, a lot of young guns in the field too. They always do it right with the sponsors exemptions, uh, Thor Bjornsson or Thor Bjorn uh, T4 last year as an amateur was another great story coming down the stretch. So uh, all in all, just great event. Well, we will uh, be back after each and every round this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to break it all down. Big thanks, Producer Josh. does all the hard work behind the scenes. That's Patrick McDonald, who you can find on Twitter at Amateur Status, and you can find Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.